The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. We need an emergency sound bite other than my noise of a of a siren. It's an emergency podcast. We got I lo- the thing I love about this podcast and the fact that we do these emergency podcasts is like when news breaks, you start getting tweets like emergency podcast. I got a text. My buddy Joe's Joe Joe Stallworth sent me a text. He's like, "You're gonna do an emergency podcast? I need to know about Matt Rule." Well, we all need to know about Matt Rule because he was hired by the Carolina Panthers, or reportedly, uh, multiple reports confirmed the Panthers have not sent out a press release. Uh, this occurred about nine, ten o'clock a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. There's a bunch of layers to unpack here. To unpack all those layers, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and special guest Chip Patterson. Oh, you know who it is. Shout out Joe Stallworth. Chip Patterson in the house. He Uh, brings his own sound effects. My God, we are not prepared. And you know what? I love all the Twitter memes about like Marvel Avengers being the greatest crossover and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers. This is the greatest crossover. We have the Cover 3 podcast with the Pick 6 podcast. This is also very very bad news for Sean Wagner-McGuff because apparently he just got replaced by Chip. Yeah, ooh, that's a good point. And further problematic for Sean is that, like, in theory, Chip and I could, like, get in the same room. Because Chip and I are, what are we, three miles from each other right now? It's a it's about a 10-minute drive. You know, a yeah. little more North Raleigh. I, I got to pack my oxygen tank to get outside the belt line. But, hey, you know. hey, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've done it. Actually, we did an NFL draft podcast together in where you are right now in your studio. That's right. Uh, but the point being is like, Sean, you're toast, pal. Mm-hmm. Get done, son. Um, oh, well, Sean had a good run. <laughs> an okay run. Anyway, let's get down to the, let's get down to business. Let's get nitty down gritty. to the nitty gritty. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> The uh, Panthers hired Matt Rule. So, Chip, let's go to you first because, frankly, like, I can tell you that he's a CEO. He's a program builder. He was at Temple. He was at Baylor. What is the first thing that NFL fans, NFL podcast listeners, should know about Matt Rule, smock-wearing former Baylor coach turned Panthers CEO slash coach? The smock has a lot of cargo. You know, I think it's a really efficient use of where you're going to put your play sheet, where you're going to put your markers, where you're going to put any snacks that you need in the middle of a game. The smock is great. I Look, do you know what program builder and player developer come down to? It come down to the fact that starting at Temple and then again at Baylor, whenever they would have their pro days, NFL GMs, NFL scouts would show up to campus and they would see a roster of names 
that were not four and five star players, players that were projected out of high school to go on to the NFL and be in the NFL draft. And they'd come away and be like, man, I tell you what, like that, that temple defensive line, like they've, they've got some pros on there or look at that secondary or look at that offensive line. Like they've, they, they've developed some pros there. And the same thing has happened, especially with this year's Baylor team, because the most of the starters on this year's Baylor team, which again, only lost to Oklahoma. And I understand that given the way that Oklahoma lost to LSU, it's easy to write them off. But, I mean, the Sooners were still one of the best offenses in the country and one of the top defenses in the Big 12. But Baylor only lost to Oklahoma. They won all their other games, and they did it with a group that started 1-11, and playing a ton of freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and they just developed and built up. And now all of a sudden you're a Big 12 championship caliber team. So that aspect of it is what player development is, is when – these NFL GMs and scouts have shown up. They have not expected to find pros, and they have seen with their own eyes future pros. And then the the like other stuff that I think is really going to be interesting at the NFL level is with roster management because he's doing something that I actually heard from Herm Edwards. He said uh, at Arizona State, you know, we are using an NFL or a pro mm. a way of building out our roster, which is we want specific heights, weights, speeds, sizes. Like we almost uh, recruit the way that you used to recruit on NCAA football where you could set your <laughs> filters to say, you know, we only want these certain physical attributes. And that's what Matt Rule's done is he said, you know, for I'm, I'm going to use these numbers and they are not going to be right specifically. But he said for, you know, our cornerbacks, we want you to be uh, at least six feet tall. Anybody under six feet, you're ruled out. You're not going to be a corner. We think you should be at, this, at least this heavy. And we think that you know, not even your 40 time. We think your 100-yard dash time should be able to be this. And so they build out these positional profiles, and they just uh, they think that with our weight room and with our teaching of the game of football, we can make up the rest. You know, like uh, you, know, you were put on this earth with these physical attributes, but we can teach you the mental side. We can help you with the strength side. And those are things that I think are really attractive as not just college football, but NFL in general is starting to bend away from the – offensive whiz kid or defensive mastermind and more of the like now you need to understand what's happening on both sides of the ball and all across your roster if you're going to be able to lead a modern football team by the way to follow up on what chip's saying and he's exactly right some of the guys that were drafted out of temple when matt rule was there nate hairston cornerback he was a fifth round pick tavon young cornerback he was a fourth rounder matt ionitis fifth rounder uh tyler matikavich good good Tavon Young, Matt Ioannidis, too, like the most underrated players in the NFL, by the way. Tyler Matikavich, seventh rounder. He's made a living as a special teamer. And then Hassan Reddick was the only first rounder he had out of that Temple group uh, who's still playing in, in Arizona. Um, he hasn't necessarily met expectations, but he was at a point where uh, Steve Wilkes tried to get rid of him. It was sort of a weird situation. But the point is, as Chips basically said, he can develop these guys. He can take guys that, that didn't come in highly recruited and make them into the players that he envisions them to be. And then not only that, they can take that – and play professional football, and, and I would imagine that's extremely enticing for uh, what the Panthers want to do. For as good as Ron Rivera is, the reality is, starting in 2013, which is his third year there, they won double-digit games, and then every other year they'd have a losing season, winning season, losing season, and then they had back-to-back losing seasons, and, of course, he was fired in 2019. So I think it's time to move on. That made some sense, given the direction that uh, Tepper wanted to go, and, and I think Matt Rule – is an absolute home run. He's not an XO's genius necessarily, but he does a lot of the things when you hear him talk and the way he dresses that reminds me of Bill Belichick, but with a sunny disposition. And if that's something you're looking for, I think this makes sense.
And, and by the way, I'd throw in too, uh, Deion Dawkins was also a, uh, for the Bills, really nice young offensive lineman was, was drafted in the second round in 2017 out of Temple. And then like the, the NFL draft is weird when you start assigning credit to coaches because like I would assume that, um, that Matt Rule recruited Rocky Asen, who was drafted as a second round pick, uh, in 2019 out of Temple. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to no, be credit for Rocky Asen transferred from Presbyterian after one year, so he oh, probably okay, had nothing to do with that. Okay, all right. You but, know what I mean? Though? Like, it's hard to, like, it's hard to like, like if a coach, if a guy leaves in 2019, but Matt Rule left in 2018, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know that's not exact, but it's, it's hard to like figure out who recruited who. You know what I mean? Or yeah. deep college football cut. Were they recruited by Manny Diaz when he had that job for six days? <laughs> <laughs> How about the fact that this is, this is the thing that drives Debo nuts about this whole podcast. But like, I love the fact that Manny Diaz's Miami team is in complete shambles and they have to play Temple to open up next year. Oh, like, it's beautiful. Temple, Temple's going to slaughter them. Breach, uh, what's your shock factor? Give me a shock grade. A, 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 B, C, D, E, F, D, uh, A being most shocking. Wait, wait, can we do this on a number scale? I feel like that is more relatable, easier to understand. 10 is most shocking. I'll say I am nine shocked at the timing, but only six shocked at the name. Because look, Matt Rule had an interview scheduled with the Giants. We all thought he was going to go to the interview. There was no indication that that wasn't going to happen. And David Tepper must have fallen in love because when you're the second or first richest owner in the NFL and you find a guy you like, you're going to bust out your checkbook, give the dude a blank check, and say, all right, man, write your number down because uh, you're the next coach of the Carolina Panthers. You're not visiting with the Giants. We're getting this done right now. Uh, hey, Rich, can, I, can I ask you something, though? So do you think if you're Matt Rule and David Tepper says do what you want to do or you go to New York and have to deal with Dave Gettleman, would, you're canceling that trip, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, you, how, you, well you're talking to David Tepper. You know you're t- you're dealing directly with the owner who is going to be very hands-on as far as, uh, you know, like the, the Giants kind of let Gettleman do their thing. It's not like Mara or Steve Tisch are out there doing things. So, uh, yeah, if David Tepper says, hey, look, you're in charge. This is your program. You do what you need to. Yeah, you're going to sign that deal right now because you don't know what kind of headache. You don't know what you're going to have to deal with Dave Gettleman in New York. By the way, how about the fact that the Carolina Panthers just Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels? McDaniels is... Yeah, they left him hanging. He was headed to Carolina today for an interview with the Panthers, and they didn't even bother interviewing him. Do you, Breach, do you think that that is more about the Panthers? I mean, and we'll find out more as this goes along, and nobody knows right now. I'm just, but I'm just curious your opinion on it. But like, do you think it's probably more the Panthers falling in love with Matt Rule or the Panthers being worried that Matt Rule would leave and take the Giants job? Because I mean, like, Josh McDaniels is a pretty sought-after coach. I don't think he's going to go to Cleveland. I don't think he's going to go to New. Please, Ryan. Ryan's shrugging his shoulders. But Josh <laughs> McDaniels is a coveted, a coveted wow. asset out there. By the way, this is big for the Patriots and Tom Brady. Huge uh, for the Patriots and Tom Brady. By the way, what that McDaniels might stay in New England. I don't think he goes to New York or Cleveland. I'm not convinced he's a sought-after. He is sought-after. I'm not convinced he'll be a good coach. Let me put it to you that way. Okay. But but to answer your first question, Brinson, where is this someone they fell in love with or is it they just didn't want him to go to New York? I do feel like it is 90% they fell in love with him because you're not going to hire someone just to keep him from another team. Uh, it feels like, you know, when David Tepper released that statement whenever Rivera was fired back in December, he kind of had all these boxes of things he was looking for, these qualifications that he wanted, a new head coach. And it's almost like he was blown away in this interview is what it seems like. And and we had Matt Rule check every single box that David Tepper was looking for in a head coach. And Tepper was probably shocked. and Like, all right, this guy's fantastic. 
we're not going to let him out of the building. And that's the only reason you make a move this quickly, because you rarely see an offer made uh, five minutes after the interview's over, which is what it seems like here. I mean, Rule was going to New York. Rule, Matt Rule is like from New York City. Like he is from New York. He is born and raised in New York City. No, he, he's born there. He moved to Pennsylvania when he was young. Okay, and well, and thank and you. that's where we got the Pittsburgh David Tepper connections. Oh, great. we have Patterson's first dunk on Britain. That, like that was a wide open. Yeah, I, I had no no. He moved. Put no one Rule, on a cruise. Look, look, Wikipedia mofo. Rule grew up in New York City before his family moved to State College, Pennsylvania, as a teenager. Raised son, raised in New York. He worked for the Giants in 2012. All I'm saying is that it's pretty insane that this guy didn't even give the Giants a courtesy interview. He took the job with the Panthers before he went to the Giants. Clearly, there has to be a good fit on both parties here. But great point on Penn State. I mean, have a quick update just so before you go on. Uh, Schefter just tweeted this out at 10:54. AM. There's been perception that Matt Rule was the Giants' top candidate. More accurate is that he was amongst the top candidates. Mm. Sounds, like, sounds like something you say when you get burned. From multiple Welcome conversations with people. Uh, yeah, that's called damage control. Right. The other <laughs> top candidates include Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy, and Joe Judge. Oh, wow. They look, they might, they can get Eric Bieniemy or Joe Judge. That's fine. They're not, I don't think they'll get McDaniels. As long as Gettleman's there. I think you would have to fire Dave Gettleman to get Josh McDaniels, in my humble opinion. So about that Pittsburgh connection, I mean, that's, those, uh, can you call them the, can you, what, uh, the, what is the word that they use? Yins? Is Yenzers. Can you say Yenzers? Is that, that's not like derogatory. Right? Okay. I, I think that Penn's, former Penn State player, uh, walk on Matt Rule and Pitt alum David Tepper, when they were talking and when they Marty were feeling Allen. each other yeah. out, there had to be something there where yeah. they realized they were speaking the same language. That's a good call. And, uh, by the way, also in his Wikipedia bio, Matt Rule's bio, look, I mean, I'm not going to act like I know everything about Matt Rule. I mean, Chip, you know, like if you, that's just sort of what happens when you, like you follow the college game and you sort of have your eye on him, but like I don't, I don't know the deep dive on where he's been and, and what he's done, uh, to a full extent. By the way, he was in, he was, he was at Western Carolina from 2002 to 2005, what which is doing? actually, what's that? What was he doing there? Well, I mean, uh, Matt Rule is the ultimate job, ultimate example of I will take whatever job anywhere. Just, just let me get, like, it doesn't really matter what the position is. I don't have a set plan in my head of how I want to go about my career or what universities I want to be at. So like Western Carolina for a few years, just, just getting experience, coaching ball. I think, listen, you know what Matt Rule's going to be? He's about to be one to know against this press conference. He uh, is going to <laughs> blitz this, ple- this press conference. Um, I, I agree, but I'm just saying he, Western Carolina, which is in um, what city is it in, Chip? It's in uh, the Catamounts are in. Uh, uh, they are. It's in um, Cullowee. Cullowee. Yeah. But so Cullowee to Charlotte is not that far a drive. So like he, I mean, I'm not saying that if you live in the mountains of North Carolina, you're not like that's not like living in Charlotte. But it's not that like it's not that far. You would typically have a mountain house if you live in Charlotte and you're some rich football coach. So I think he's at least geographically familiar with the area enough that it's not like a like and that matters, right? That matters. I think I, I I'm doing that a little bit less. I mean we've we've all worked together for a long time. You you find ebbs and flows and what you value and what you don't value. And I've started to try to not make some of those assumptions, even based on like if you were a position coach sure. at another school, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got ties to that school because the coach that you worked for and the athletic director that was there could have been gone like if you were in, if you were in Cullowee coaching ball 
I, I don't know how much time you have to get to Charlotte. You know, I like, I don't know how much time yeah. you spend outside the football facility. Like, I, I'm just, I, all I'm saying is that like, is that there's, I think at least for me and maybe Matt rule is different, but like, I think when you land, you land in Charlotte and there's a sense of, at least a sense of familiarity as opposed to if he's, if he's that sort of, I mean, like, then that's sort of why, like, if, like, if you go to like, let's say he's taking the Cleveland job or whatever, he lands in Cleveland. He's like, what, what is this? You know what I, mean? I don't, I don't know if it matters, but yeah, I mean, he's back okay, home. Fine, so whatever. Yeah. I think the the most important thing is that the organization is seems like exactly the right fit. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, is it possible, Chip, that we're overhyping this CEO aspect based on because like like Lincoln Matt Rule is not the sexy hire. Lincoln Riley is the sexy hire. Like oh, like explosive offense, Star Wars approach. Like I don't know anyone on Baylor. I, I don't know a, I don't know if I know a single player on the Baylor roster, and I, I watch I watch a bunch of Baylor games. This year. I, I, I bet you. So Ryan is James Lynch the highest rated uh, Baylor player right now? No, no, it'd probably be Denzel Mims, and then the running uh, back whose, whose name I can't remember who's going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, but that's that's where I am. Is James, tell me I don't even know what position James Lynch play, plays. He's a defensive lineman. He was uh, first team All Big Twelve. One of those just. They played. They played three down and just again. He just wanted freaks. He they would just they would rush <laughs> three qualifies and the freak drop, too. drop eight and just be like, hey, look, Big Twelve quarterbacks try to throw the ball between all these arms and legs that are just out here blocking passing lanes. The the thing that makes Matt Rule the the sexy like CEO is an easy way to package it, but it is going to come with the idea that he's going to. He's going to try to create some kind of environment like the the culture thing, especially at the NFL. It's very difficult for me to understand because it seems a little phony, at least, you know, the way that culture narratives are spun, especially around new hires. Like what was the joke? Uh, college football. I think it might have been Dan Steinberg uh, where it said college football or NFL coaching hires are just a seamless transition of removing ping pong tables because we're taking football more seriously and putting ping pong tables back in because we're finally starting to like each other again. Yeah. Like I, I do think that the narrative of culture is a little bit like misguided and frou frou at the NFL level, but man, like Baylor was in a horrendous state when it comes uh, to culture and he was able to like, you know, get in there and put his own stamp on it. I don't think he repaired things. Now I don't, I was not ever trying to write the, Matt Rule fixed everything that was wrong at Baylor. Like that is way, way off base. And that was trying to extend a lot more power to the head football coach for an issue that was institutional through and through. But I do think he was able to not fix it, but put his own stamp on it. And the players in that locker room, I mean, just think about the way he handled this. The two days before the Sugar Bowl comes out, tells his team, he's like, guys, I'm going to take some interviews. If NFL call, I'm going to listen. And when his players spoke to the media right after that meeting, they said, we respect him for that. We respect that transparency. I also respect that he was like, uh, before I take those interviews, I'm taking a vacation to Mexico. Uh, I'm not talking to anyone, so you all can screw off for a few days while I go have fun in Cabo. That is also very respectable. Respect and him. what I might do for a couple podcasts later this year, Brenton, sorry, man, be in Mexico, I'm going to skip out. <laughs> I, I'll, yeah, I plan on doing the exact same thing. I'm sure you'll be in Cabo with your your infant. So. By the way, uh, quickly. Uh, I, I, also, just uh, well, I was going to say of note with Rule, his we talk about the Giants. Like he coached the Giants. He's from New York. It is worth noting that when he coached the Giants, he coached with Tom Coughlin. And over the past four or five years, 
the Giants, or I guess actually probably like, yeah, four or five years, the Giants have really done nothing but like sort of uh, hose Tom Coughlin. Like they unceremoniously dumped him. I mean, that's that matters. That matters to people. Like if you think he called Tom Coughlin's like, hey, what do you think about this Giants job? And Coughlin's like, dude, it is a disaster there now. Do not Maybe. go. I mean, I mean, it's not like Coughlin's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I want you to go and continue the long legacy of Giants coaches. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine that he got a, you know, a positive a feedback from the Giants. And look, he was there one year. So let's not let's settle down. It's not like five years in Cullowee. And I'll say one other thing about this hire, because I know you and Wilson loved it. And we talked about it in HQ. And one of the points I brought up is that college coaches just in general have not been successful at the NFL level. And I love to start, you know, Nick Saban, the most successful college coach in the history of the sport struggled in the NFL. Lane Kiffin, Chip Kelly, Greg Schiano, uh, Steve Spurrier, all those guys have gone to the NFL. They've all struggled. And I know uh, there are a couple guys who have been successful, but those come with huge caveats because you have Jimmy Johnson who coached when there was no salary cap. So Jerry Jones was literally able to throw money, build whatever team Jimmy Johnson wanted. He, you know, he made fantastic trades, fantastic personnel moves, but you were able to throw money and build whatever team you wanted. You have Pete Carroll, who came from college to Seattle, but he had extensive NFL experience before taking the Seahawks job. And then you have Jim Harbaugh, as you mentioned, Brenton, at Stanford. But again, he played in the NFL for 15 years, was a quarterback's coach for the Raiders, so he also had extensive NFL experience. So your three most successful college to NFL jumps over the past 30 years was one guy who didn't have a salary cap to deal with and two guys who had prior extensive NFL experience, which Rule doesn't have. I would ask you this, John. What is the winning percentage of those college conversions? And then what is the winning percentage of every first-year coach in the NFL? Because I imagine, they're, if I had to guess, they're probably not too far off. Maybe they are, but just my gut is funny, like – Funny you asked that, Ryan. If Breach had listened to the podcast with Jared Dubin, in which we broke down the Dallas Cowboys situation, he would know that Dubin actually did a, a research on this and that the most successful conversion is college coaches Uh-oh. relative to the numbers. So I believe that's what we call a reverse dunk on. Yeah, that look on John's face is not. Oh uh, no, that that is my look is that you don't have a big enough. Uh, you're comparing apples to oranges because you have. There's literally only been about what twenty, twenty five college to NFL jumps over the past thirty years. Every other hiring has been not that. The Browns themselves have gone through seven coaches, so you you, you have to factor in other things like bad ownership, bad management, bad front office. You didn't uh, bring that up th- when you're making your argument five minutes ago. Yeah, it's weird. Well, that's because um, I was only no. talking about one thing. I wasn't comparing it to that. And now that I am, now I'm bringing it up. You know who you sound like? You sound like Darren Ravel trying to figure out how to get a Joe Burrow Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the th- so uh, former head coaches saw a 2.25 year one uh, increase, a 47 winning percentage in their full tenure. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, former offensive coordinator saw a 0.59 year one increase. 47% win percentage. College coaches, 2.27 jump in year one increase and a 49.9 winning percentage, which is the highest of all the archetypes. Position coach, DC, OC. Look, I, look, I, I think there's a middle ground here though. At the end of the day, it boils down to, are you able to put said coach in a successful position? Because like, I think Nick Saban probably could have worked out okay if he'd signed Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper. I mean, those are the decisions that ultimately haunt you. Like Steve Spurrier, Probably would have worked out somewhere if he if he yeah. if he made he was, a leap. He was working four hours a day. He made that clear. Right, right. If he'd worked harder and maybe he wasn't in the Redskins for a huge payday. I mean, like, help. Uh, we're not really in for uh, all this. I'm I'm really trying to work on my handicap right now, trying to get on down three. 
Now, listen, Congressional ain't going to play itself, all right? Now, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, Chip, would you agree? Like, do you I, think- Listen, I think that as the NFL has opened up more and more to ideas from college and high school, that the lines that used to be there are getting thinner and thinner every single season, and it makes the transition from college to pro at the coaching level uh, a little bit easier. I mean, we've seen pro coaches recently come into college and now try to find their own success. Mel Tucker was a defensive assistant in the NFL for a really, really long time. Interim head coach as well. And comes to Georgia for a hot minute, and now he's the head coach at Colorado. Like, I just, I think that it is the, the college to pro assumptions that we have made in the past need to be uh, changed. And I think a lot of the pro to college assumptions that we've made need to be changed just because the, the games become a lot more fluid. Hey, I agree. I believe we this. all just don't on breach at the same time. Well, right. I want to make breach feel better. So, uh, <laughs> two things. Um, who would be your plan B at Carolina if it wasn't going to be Matt Rule? And, and the second question is, knowing what you know right now and nothing more, would you rather have Matt Rule or Zach Taylor in Cincinnati? Uh, that is a great question, but let me go back to the stat of Oh boy, here we College go. coaches Breach, improving. Breach, Breach like well, throws no, food look, at the window, like throws food at his TV. And no, you have right. to, it, it, because you have to look at the, generally teams that hire college coaches are a more desperate situation. Look at Chip Kelly. He took over a four and 12 team. Lane Kiffin took over a two and 14 team. There was no, in, in Oakland with the Raiders, went four and 12, still got fired, but it was still two wins better, which helps your plus two fact. Nick Saban took over a four and 12 team. Teams that hire college coaches are generally coming off crappier season so there's easier room for improvement by, by the way i would i would also argue that like chip kelly was successful until chip kelly got gm powers like he went to the playoffs immediately his first year and then it was all downhill after that he went to the playoffs twice right or he had a winning record the first year i think was 2013 and they absolutely blitzed rg3 and the redskins in that week one game because rg3 was coming off that injury no one knew how to deal with the fast pace offense and i remember that being a, an s show please answer my questions breach uh, would I want Zach Taylor or Matt Rule? The first question is who should in Cincinnati? In Cincinnati, it's going to be well, you asked for the Bengals, right? I asked two questions. But no, no, no. Answer the Zach Taylor question. Yeah. It would be Zach Taylor because Matt Rule wouldn't be allowed to build a program in Cincinnati because it's like the Cal- Mike Brown makes all the decisions. Whatever he wanted to do there wouldn't be allowed. So in that okay. instance, it, his hiring would not help anything. Let's say let's say that Mike Brown uh, passes, unfortunately and sad, sadly and tragically, and the Bengals are like, you know what we need is we need the son of a former Bengals kicker to run this franchise. And they hire you to run the franchise, and you can choose to fire Zach Taylor and hire Matt Rule. What are you doing? In that case, I'm hiring Matt Rule. Oh, okay. Oh, so, wow. okay. I would imagine. Well, there's a giant flip, and that's what I'm talking about. Circumstances dictate which makes more sense, and that's kind of what I'm saying here. Well, my my other question for you so was – So thanks for proving are, my point, Brenton. Dunked on both of you. Are you okay with Matt Rule as the Carolina head coach, or do you think there should be another candidate who's better for the job? I, again, I think the Panthers are an interesting situation because they have an owner whose hands-on clearly wants to win – and I feel like if he thinks Rule's a good hire, we don't know what David Tepper's track record is. You know, like we know what Jerry Jones's track record is. He's been doing this for 30 years. We have no idea what David Tepper's going to do. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on his first hire. Now, if Matt Rule flops, he's not going to get that the next time around. So, I, I, yeah, I'm okay with this hire. I'm okay with him blowing off Josh McDaniels. Uh, they have nothing to lose here. Let's, uh, let's take a break. We're going to keep Chip around. Yes. Chip lives in the Carolinas. Unless you want to go, Chip. Unless you got to go write like a story about a LSU linebacker or something. 
Uh, I hope there's no LSU linebacker story that's popping right now. Is or there? like unless and maybe like Clemson, maybe some more Clemson superstars have been suspended for weird Chinese steroids that, that the media is not going to make a big deal out of. You got to go write a story about that. Maybe. That's hey, the, nobody talks about Osterine. Osterine. I know. It's or like, if you, it might just be in your Diet Coke. Maybe they drink too much Diet Coke. Who knows how that illegal Chinese banned substance can get in your body? It's just crazy. Anyway, uh, we don't need to get down that rabbit hole. We got Clemson fans coming after me. Instead, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about how Matt Rule will impact the Carolina Panthers and maybe what the Giants and Browns uh, do next in their search. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so Matt Rule is in Carolina. and Ooh, woo, woo. Emergency, emergency podcast coming up, guys. Someone else is hired? Uh, the Giants just finalized the deal to make Patriots wide receivers coach Joe Judge their next head coach, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Uh, double emergency podcast. Today's nuts. Why? Why isn't Chip on the show all the time? He should be replacing Brinson now. He has <laughs> the board, knows how to use it. He's not making noises with his mouth. We're going to be down to one person on this podcast. It's going to be Chip. <laughs> Just chip pressing sound buttons. <laughs> By the um, way, uh, Dave Gettleman just dunked on all of us because I read the tweet from Adam Schefter about how Rule wasn't the number one candidate. He was among the candidates. Yeah. Joe Judge's name was mentioned. You said, go ahead and hire Joe Judge. Hey, okay, look, look, we'll do a separate <laughs> Joe Judge podcast. Chip, if you can handle that Joe Judge podcast, that'd be great. Go record that on your own. Uh, and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, you like this podcast. Chip has his own podcast. It's called the Cover Three Podcast. It's with Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons, and it's awesome. I listen to it all the time. Uh, they will have a pregame, tons of pregame content. You'll be out of the championship, I assume, in like what uh, seven a week? A week I'll leave Friday. Oh, you leave Friday, so you'll be. Where is it happening? Phoenix. New Orleans. New, oh, you, oh man, have you been to um, Jacobos? Yeah, of course I have. Ah, uh, he dunked on you again. Two dunks, dude. Yeah, no, this is, this is my first work trip to New Orleans. This, okay. is, this is, yeah, this is, we're like up to double digits on chip visits. And then oh, I get into the French Quarter chip. Okay, yeah. well, you need to get, you need to, is, uh, who, what kind of boss people you got going with you? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, detail the whole roster. We'll see. I, is EK gonna be there? To, uh, I don't know. I'll have to check. Tune in to the Cover 3 podcast. We'll be recording on Saturday, uh, f- after media day and, uh, and I'll give an update on everybody that's there. All the CBS goss. All the I was going to say, you gotta, you gotta, um, wow. Uh, well, we'll get to Joe Judge in a minute. Apparently he had an offer to coach Mississippi State and took the Giants job instead. So you're going to have to do an emergency podcast on Joe Judge, not. Well, like when we're done here, I'm gonna go and do the where Baylor goes next on the Cover Three podcast. 
Oh, right. Oh, my God. I forgot. Do you need to go to do something because Matt Rule got hired? <laughs> I sort of forgot about that whole that Well, whole I mean, you know, where is, are there any I – will, I will not stick around for Joe Judge conversation. No, no, no. We're not going to do Joe Judge. We're going to talk about what Matt Rule can do yeah. – what, what the Panthers stuff will look like. Do you want to stick around or do you want to bounce? It's up to you. We have no problem either way. Uh, I'll, I'll stick around for a little bit. Okay. All right. So Matt Rule in Carolina. What do you think he does with Cam Newton, Ryan Wilson? I mean, that's the $100, $100 million question, also a $100 question. I suspect he and Tepper talked about it. I suspect Tepper has his own opinions about what's going to happen. We know that uh, Cam had foot surgery. We don't know when he's going to be healthy enough to, to really put himself through the paces. We know Kyle Allen and Will Greer are not the answers. And we also know that the Panthers have the number seven overall pick, and if they want to draft a, a quarterback, uh, they could possibly be in the Tua business, depending if they probably – well, they'll probably need to move up. They could be in the Justin Herbert business if they fall in love with him and – consider him a, a number seven pick i do not and maybe even jordan love um i haven't checked do the panthers they have a second round pick right they right. do have a second round pick yeah so if they do it'll be early in the second round jordan love and jacob Beeson are two guys that could possibly be around then but those are those guys are projects so you have you have a lot of sorting out to do um i actually chip i know the baylor quarterback wasn't great this year just from watching a little bit of denzel mims so can baylor well baylor can 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 rule win without a top level league quarterback I think that Matt Rule would love I I think if Matt Rule someone who really likes heights, weights and certain sizes, I think he looks at Cam Newton and he's like, "Oh yeah, we can make this work." Because remember in the Big 12 Championship game, uh Baylor was down all the way to its third quarterback by and like That dude is a big <laughs> Fast. Str- yes. I don't know his name. He came in. This guy came in for Baylor, and like Baylor's losing. They're getting blown out by Oklahoma. It looks like it's over. Oklahoma's going to win by two or three touchdowns. This guy throws two 80-yard touchdown passes in like four minutes. An absolute hose. He did look a little like Cam Newton. Yeah. The uh, what was his name? Uh, Jerry Bohan, maybe? No. No, that was another backup quarterback. But uh, I I think that because of seeing how Matt Rule was, you know, intrigued by that, I. I, I think that what Will Greer and Kyle Allen so, fall somewhere between, I guess, below replacement level and replacement level at the NFL level, below both below maybe. Uh, but I would uh, I would think that in the conversation, as you're right, it's probably discussed. I think that Matt Rule would love to see Cam Newton come back, be healthy, and construct help construct an offense around utilizing one of the. Uh, one of the players with the greatest physical talents that we've seen over the last decade in the professional football league. Okay. I agree. I think that it would make sense uh, to have don't get Jordan Love. Don't get Justin Herbert. Don't go Jacob Eason. Don't go like Jake. Jake Fromm hasn't announced yet, but like those, I, I think that there is, while there are a lot of quarterback names, I believe we are dealing with a thin top tier and then a whole bunch of dudes after that. Yep. You're hundred percent right, Chip. I'm with you, buddy. I agree with that. And I think too, like if you're Carolina, you don't, I mean, look, you don't know exactly what, you're not going to know what Cam Newton's got left this year until later in the, until we get closer to March when he's recovered from surgery. But if you got one year with him and he's, uh, he's capable of, um, you know, Get it. He's willing to get out there on a one-year deal and to play on that one-year deal and to try and do what Cam Newton does and maybe earn himself another contract either from the Panthers or um, in terms of what they do. Maybe like maybe he, maybe he's willing to just play it and try and see what he can get in the free agency market. If he's willing to do all that and he's feeling and he feels like he can get through the season healthy and you feel like um, it's going to work perfect 
in Matt Rule's system or whatever system Matt Rule brings in in terms of offensive coordinator, then hell yeah, roll with Cam Newton. But if Cam is going to demand some sort of extension where it's like two or three years, like other than dummy years, I don't, I don't know that you'd be willing to do that. Maybe you look to trade him and maybe you just sort of rebuild from the ground up. Maybe you go sign Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton as a sort of a bridge quarterback, something like that. Um, no, you don't like that, Chip. No, I just, I, don't, I just don't think you want to go out and sign. Um, I don't think you want to go out and draft Jordan Love or Justin Herbert at number seven. No, no. Right. You get yeah. the best player you can, the best player for your team that you guys evaluate is the top option at number seven. And then from there, you work, you work your way towards a quarterback. The important thing about Matt Rule in this job with David Tepper is that there should be an understanding. And David Tepper has made this clear publicly already that this is not an attempt to quick fix band-aid up the Panthers and get back to like eight or nine wins or 10 wins next year. This is an attempt to, if necessary, burn things to the ground, build a stable foundation and keep and build something that can win over a long period of time, like the Steelers, which is where um, David Tepper came from as a minority owner. So in that sense, I don't think they'll be impatient about drafting a quarterback. If they love Tua and he's there at seven, that's a different story. But I don't think they're going to take Justin Herbert because they need a quarterback. I think they'll be patient about this. Be very curious to see who Matt Rule hires as his OC and as who the Panthers hire as the VP of person, VP of football operations, who will then be in charge of the draft, et cetera. I don't think Tua falls past three. I agree. I think the I think the well, Lions. Is, what's that? On his hip is like if his hip is straight up doo doo, he's going to fall past way farther than three. But um, yeah, Colin Coward towards tor- Ryan. And Trapasso and Ryan's worried that his mock draft with no Tua is going to come back and bite him. That is the least. I have a lot of worries. That is literally at the very bottom of the list. Did, is, did you when did your when did your, your mock draft was published uh, first thing this morning, right? First thing on yep. Tuesday morning. Is that For right? the first time in fifty two days, Tua has reappeared, baby. Okay, where'd you have him going? Number five to the Dolphins. <laughs> He's not getting past three. But well, yeah, but I'm not doing trade ups, and we don't know the, the, the extent yeah, of injury. When I say, when I say not past three, that's, that's not with the, that is with the idea that somebody would be trading up to right. be able to go get him. After like, you, you go Joe Burrow, Chase Young, two, and, and then right. where Tua goes, I don't yep. know. And then. And the Lions have the third pick and, and they, they need a lot of help. So they'd be Holy cow. By the way, Matt Rule's contract with the Panthers. It's going to be huge. I, uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted out the numbers. If you will give me, I mean, I kind of gave it away with the holy cow. Well, hold on. Let uh, me ask Skip this. What is, what does Matt Rule make in his last year at Baylor? Just have an idea of where we're starting from. I think he got eight, 80 million over 10 years at Baylor. And it was a seven year deal. Okay. And, uh, and I don't remember what it was per, but Baylor's also a private school. So, you know, we don't, we're never uh, yeah. all like well, Dabo got nine million a year. So it's, it's south of Dabo, I'd imagine nine million a year. So let's say eight million a year. So he's getting, Go ahead, John. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say is that when I was talking about earlier, the only reason you would offer him the job was that Tepper wants to love him so much, give him a blank check. And if you're talking about the highest NFL coaches making 10 to 12 million, it's, I would say it's close, eight or nine. All right. Let's, if I tell you it's a seven year contract. That's insane. Is insane. How much would you guess it's worth? Um, $59 million. What'd you say? 59. Oh, I was going to say 69. Nice. Um, you guys are both pretty. I'll much go awesome. 63 because nine times seven is 63. Okay, it's uh worth 60 million with incentives that could go up to 70 million according. Oh to- yeah, me and Chip won. You got dunked on again, breach. <laughs> are you kidding? Me? Is this Price is Right numbers? Okay, so uh, wait, and um, one other thing to add on to that, real quick, Brinson. According to Ian Rappaport, Matt Rule called the Giants 
gave them a chance to match the offer that Tepper made to this six year, $60 million or seven year, $60 million deal that could turn into seven million dollars, 70 million. Uh, the Giants had a chance to match that. They said no thanks and they hired Joe Judge instead. Wow. New York Giants saw everything that was expensive and went to the flea market instead. <laughs> Wait, what was the Joe, what is the Joe Judge deal again? I thought it was. Yeah, seven, seven years, twelve million. <laughs> um, it's. I think we can all agree it's not seven years, sixty million. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Good stuff. Again, check out Chip on the Cover Three podcast. <laughs> Locks. Locks. Actually, I don't. Breach and Ryan probably don't know this because they don't listen to your podcast. I do, Chip. But Chip has like, like pretty. Ins- do you know about the insane Locks sound effects? I know he has a real cash register from 1932 in there. He's got a, oh, he's got, well, Chip's got like, six songs on, the, on his podcast. So like if, if there's ever, uh, you know, if two people have competing locks, it is a lock fight. And so. Fight, 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 fight. Well, I'm, I'm on the wrong show. Play if, the locks intro. Play the locks intro. Hold on. And, and then if all three of us. Uh, well, if, if two people agree, then it's the children. It's a lock agreement. And if, if all, all three of us. Wilson and I are trading ourselves to the cover three podcast. It is, uh, it's lock unity, which of course we have to play the queen. Production value on this show is straight up doo doo. Way to go, Chip. I'm very jealous. All I've asked for is the roadcaster and the soundboard. And just... I'm thinking it's the 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 musician does not blame his instrument, Brit, uh, Brinson. Um. Uh, all right, all. we got to go. Yep. Thanks, boys. Wrap this up. Thank you, Thanks, Chip. Chip. We'll have a Joe Judge emergency podcast coming. Apparently, the new head coach of the Giants will break down what's coming up with the Browns and the Giants as well. And uh, make sure and check us out on CBS Sports HQ. We'll be doing hits all throughout the day. CBSSports.com slash live. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.